to F is for Film, and our guest here is Jackson Lee. And I'm very excited to talk to him about his film, Thompson Farm. Jackson, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you. And, you know, I always like to start at the very beginning of the artist's journey. Can you tell us a little bit about your, your particular journey as an artist and how you got to this moment? Yeah, I think that's a tough question to answer. It's a big question. Yeah, it's exactly. It's such a broad, <laughs> big question. I mean, I think we're all born artists. Yeah, I think we're all naturally born with some artistic skill. For me, I think I found that early on. So I think I, coming from a family of artists, I think I always had a sense of curiosity about it. So whether it was drawing, photography, photography is really where it set in for me, probably around like age 13 or 12. My photography skills really started to get noticed by my parents and by friends and family. And that's when I started shooting everything, everything, everything. So pretty much my whole life I have on like hard drives and hard drives at my house. Whether that be photography, just videography. Now I shoot 35 millimeter or 120 millimeter Super 8 film. So I have everything. Okay, wait, wait, wait. I have to put a circle around that, that little comment. Yeah. What drew, what drew you to film, which is, you know, we, we see it now, generally see it as, as an archaic form, but I, I love film. Why, do, why, do, why did you choose that? I just think it's so unique. I think every role you get, it's going to be somewhat different. I love the fact that you can't see it. You can, there's no playback. You have to wait. I think that makes you value it so much more because you drop it off. You have to wait for this film. You don't know what you have. Every now and then you'll find a, a canister that you're already shot and you're like, oh, what is this? And you have to like wait and go drop it off. And again, like the imperfections in the, in the grain. That's really what I love is little imperfections in the grain. And just that image. Even I know you could do it digitally, but it's not the same. No, it's, tr it's very, very true. And it used to be everybody's experience and now it's a rarefied thing. Yeah, it's, it, I mean, it's expensive. It's really expensive. So yeah. hopefully they could do something about the cost so everyone, more people could use it. Film manufacturers, if you're listening, step in, please. Def, please, please. But anyway, I interrupted your flow when you were talking about, uh, you know, working in these mediums as a photographer, then your next step was? And then my next step after that kind of was sneakers. I got a chance to intern at Brand Jordan. And on my lunch break, I was sketching sneakers. And then one of the designers, a coworker of mine, saw it. And he really took me under his wing. His name is Paul Savarici. And he really, really showed me like how to design a shoe from start, from like inspiration to sampling to finished product and like the business behind it. And I spent my summer out in Portland, Oregon, and him and I just spent that whole entire three month period just working on and designing the shoe called the Sun of Mars. And I released the shoe with Brand Jordan. I love so it. that, yeah, and that kind of solidified like me as a artist because I knew I had the photography thing down but like I didn't I knew I didn't just want to be a photographer I didn't just want to be a videographer I wanted to be a complete artist and I feel like nowadays that's not really appreciated or no one really wants that or expects you to do that so it's kind of harder they put up these barriers and try to keep you into one medium but I keep trying to resist that and move as I see fit. And that's great, but you you put you you mentioned something earlier that I wanted to also put a circle around, which is that we're all born artists. I think in a way, our you you mentioned this cultural force that kind of wants to put people in boxes. You know, you're this, you're that. But I love the fact that you've kind of rejected that and 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 are finding your own path forward, which is which is wonderful. 
Yeah. I mean, I think it's hard and you have to find the opportunities and kind of create them yourself. But uh, yeah, some, and you have to be forceful. You have to keep, keep, keep pushing after it. And yeah, and put them in a position where they can't say no. There you go. Yeah. So now this leads me to my questions about the film. What inspired this film? How did this come about? Yeah, it was actually inspired by a photographer, Nicholas Bruno. I was on Vice one day and I saw this Vice article about this photographer, Nicholas Bruno, who shoots these amazing, amazing photographs inspired by his dreams. He has terrible, he suffers from sleep paralysis. Mm. So he has these horrifying, terrible, terrible dreams. And all of his photography is based off these really vivid dreams that he has. And that really connected with me. And the imagery and the way he describes it is really, really connected with me. And I kind of just started writing a short story based off of it. That's my writing process. I write like short stories and then I turn it into a script after that. And it kind of just took off from there. And then I was at NYU at the time and I had to write a script for class. And I was like, all right, like, let me use this. And I just kind of drew that inspiration and it developed slowly into Thompson Farm. It has a literary feeling, so I, 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 I can see that very much so. And yeah. there is a nightmarish quality to it, without yeah. a doubt. I mean, there's moodiness and then nightmarishness and then all kinds of things happen. <laughs> <laughs> no spoilers for the audience. But how would you, how would you synopsize this for, for, for someone outside? That's a good question. I would say... Thompson Farm tells a story of a quiet young man compelled by his lucid dreams to stand up for the extreme discipline of his adopted father who runs an illegal moonshine business. I could have my little notes here. That is yeah. so well done. <laughs> there had you. to be notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Perfect. So let's talk about this, uh, this, the family dynamics. I mean, let's start with the casting and the adopted parents. I mean, I love the fact that there was an interracial situation and you didn't comment on it whatsoever. Yeah. It just kind of was there, and I love yeah. that. Yeah. I just think that's the world we live in. I didn't think I needed to comment on it. I think we could just have black characters being black, and I feel like that's kind of the statement in of, it, of itself. In and it of itself, yeah. And then you also have this... Uh, there's so many comments here. There's comments about toxic masculinity. There's toxic about the relationship between a father and a son, or a marriage dynamic, which we can guess at. And then, of course, this family's engaged in a particular business as well. So let's unpack a little bit of all that. There's a lot going on, yeah. <laughs> let's unpack the father-son dynamic. Let's start with that. Yeah. I mean, I think it was funny. When I was writing this, everyone, or after people saw it, people were like, dude, is the father really a bad guy? Why is he so terrible? And me, I didn't see it that way. I think the father's trying to push, am I giving away too much? I don't know. I just think the father's trying to do the best he can and raise his son the best he knows how. Yeah. And I think that things get complicated. I think it's very hard, obviously, raising a child. And I think everyone tries to do the best they can. And I think it's easy to look back on it as a child and be like, oh, you should have done this. Oh, you should have done this. <laughs> But yeah, I think everyone. Every child is their parents' worst critic. Exactly. God knows. Exactly. Definitely. <laughs> You've been observing them since you were born. They've been trying to correct you since you were born. It's a crazy dynamic. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And it has to be that way. It has to be that way. I think fa family dynamics are very interesting to me. And I think that's something that I'll definitely draw from as I go further into my career. You know, and then there's also just, you could also comment on the, the mother's choices too, because. 
She took care of herself first. Yeah, I think she's the worst one. Yeah, honestly. Knowing what might be possible. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had to think about that for a bit. <laughs> you know, you pack a lot in here. There's a lot of complexity in a, in a short film, and that's always my favorite thing when I go, God damn, I'm still thinking about this. Longer <laughs> than I've watched the film, it's still on my mind, and that definitely happened here. And I, yeah, and that's exactly what I want to have. And I want people to, everyone to take away their own thing. I don't think there are clear-cut answers. I don't think people should look to me to tell them those answers. I think it's something you take out of it what you saw. The fact that the sun doesn't speak is also very interesting, too. Yeah, I don't think the sun really had anything to say. I think he had a need to voice himself audibly. He spoke through his actions instead. Exactly. And everyone told him what to do and how to live, so there weren't, wasn't really much decision-making on his part. Not until the end. Exactly. <laughs> Which we will not spoil. <laughs> yeah, so this, you know, there's, yeah, there is such an interesting... And then the dreams, you know, speaking of the dreams, let's talk about mm -hmm. the dreams a bit, too, because they are so vivid and disturbing, and they catalyze, they are catalysts for his, for his actions. Definitely. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think, again... All this stuff, I think, is kind of just mesh of all my interests and fascinations. I'm very interested in the world around me. So I'll spend like hours and hours just Googling a random topic that just popped into my head for no reason. And I think dreams, especially for me, are such a big part of my life. But I think it's so weird that it's something that I could see and kind of hear and experience fully. But no one else gets to see it, experience it. I know sometimes I won't remember it, and once it's gone, it's gone. But then sometimes, like, you'll get a little seed stuck in there, and it'll have such a big impact on your life. And I just, I just don't know what that is. I just think the brain making a movie kind of for itself, or everyone has their own movie as they fall asleep, is just a fascinating, weird evolution trait that we've developed. And it's so, fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, why was, yeah, I don't know, I don't know. Why does all this vivid imagery play out in our minds every day, whether we remember it or not? Sometimes, I mean, there are dreams I have in my mind that I can remember since I was a child. Exactly. And others evaporate two seconds later. Even when you try to say, I'm going to remember this, they go away. Exactly. Yep. And I think that's kind of what I mean by everyone's an artist. I think, I mean, everyone, that's what, dreaming is an art form, I think. A hundred percent. You're creating your own movie and your own story. I love it. Emerging from your deepest instincts. Yeah, exactly. So... What were, you know, I, have, I always have to ask everybody this question. What were, your, what were your challenges in making this film? I take it as a foregone conclusion that every film has challenges. Definitely, definitely. I think the challenges were, well, one, it was freezing. We shot mm. this in December, so it was freezing. And where did you shoot it? In upstate New York. Upstate New York. Yeah. But I think the real challenge was getting, deciding how you wanted to get the film out. And also just having everything line up when it's supposed to. I think for me, timing is everything. So I think this film came out at the perfect time when I needed it to come out. Mm. Or when, I guess when it was supposed to come out, not when I needed it to come out. Because ultimately it's, a, it's about, it's a, it is a coming of age film and it's also about someone finally seizing power. And, you know, I don't know if that's a personal comment or a comment in general, but it definitely, I definitely took that away from the film. Yeah, I mean, I think... I think it's not necessarily seizing power, but taking control of their own life. And I think that all adolescents are kind of looking to do that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. 
you know, life life is usually not under your own your own motor for quite some time. So you know, the dream of every child that's why they love dinosaurs and giants. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So I think everyone, oh, and I think especially when I was writing this, I was a sophomore at NYU. So I think I was definitely like trying to be more independent and just getting used to that independence and figuring out life. So I think combining that coming of age with, you know, kind of taking control of your own life, it worked for me at the time. And that's kind of where I was at that at that time. I think this film really speaks to where I was at that time. I think it's cool kind of like being able to look back on this, having like moved on from that and just like see like what it is kind of looking from the outside now. Yes. Yeah. Yes, indeed. So what's next for you? I'm actually developing the script for the feature now. Hmm. But more broadly, I think just I just started a new website called Indigo212. And that will kind of be my... That's my creative agency that I'm creating or created. And that will be my home base for all my content. So I'm now currently editing... Elaborate a bit more on, on the creative agency, please. Yeah. So I think what I was saying before is like I don't want to just be pigeonholed to one form of, or one medium. So I created my company called Indigo212, and it's my production company. And so we do all different forms of media or in entertainment, right? So Thompson Farm was out of that. And we're also creating... So all my Super 8 footage that I've shot for the last, like, two years or three years, the All-Star Games, Oscars, different events like that, we're editing into little different episodes. And that will all live on the website as well. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, Jackson, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. Thank you for having me again. It was great. No, it's been great. And I, I'm, I'm very taken with your point of view as an artist. And I look forward to great things from you. Thank you so much. It was so nice meeting you. Nice meeting you too. And best of luck in Holly Shorts. Thank you. Thank you. Talk to you soon. <laughs>